This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 121. friends, welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. This week, I want to talk about clients and the fatigue and the exhaustion that they are causing us right now. And I'm kind of wound up about this subject because I've had quite a few encounters with mean clients in the last couple of weeks. And so this podcast may be a little bit all over the place, but I want to talk about some of the things that clients are doing to us right now how they are treating us and our teams, and if there's anything at all we can do about it to try to think differently about the clients and maybe handle them somehow differently to make it easier on our teams and ourselves. So I'm kind of calling this client exhaustion, client frustration. And I was writing a blog about it, and I thought, well, if I'm going to do a blog about it, I might as well podcast about it. So that's what I want to talk about today. It's a beautiful day here in Michigan. The weather is finally getting warm. I was able to take a bike ride today, so that was so fun. It's been a while since I've been out on my bike, and I really enjoy that. So I'm doing this podcast for you, all energized by riding my bike and getting out there in the finally warm weather. But before we get started talking about this subject, I just want to welcome you back if you're a frequent listener, and I really appreciate your attention. If you're new to the podcast, I want to thank you for giving me a try and listening to me today, and I hope that you get out of this podcast what I want you to get, and it is that veterinary life coaching is here to help people in and around the veterinary profession. I want us to enjoy everything about our veterinary life, and I want to help us all do that, even on the bad days, even when we're dealing with some of the ugly stuff that these clients are throwing at us. So I want to work to bring you tools that will help you move forward and have a better time doing this job, because this job is so much fun. So if you want to learn more about life coaching and some of the tools that I teach, go to my website and you will find my blog, my Wednesday weekly words, and a place where you can sign up for free coaching. If you want to just meet with me and just chat about something, one specific subject, or if you want to just ask me a question, you can email me. So thanks for sharing this time with me. If you hear some noise in the background, my dogs are in the room. Trent and Parker, and they're a little bit wound up, so they might be a little annoying. They're enjoying the, the lovely weather as well. And um, I also have the windows open, so if there's some background noise, that's what you're hearing. But I have to have the windows open today. <laughs> okay, let's get down to this subject of client fatigue, client exhaustion. That's what I'm going to call it. Fatigue to me sounds like a mental word and exhaustion feels physical and i think right now in veterinary medicine we have both right we're having mental issues of tiredness and being overwhelmed and exhausted by the sheer volume that we have to do every day and the amount of clients that we have to handle and i also think that we have physical exhaustion because in the veterinary profession right now 
things are very heavy, right? We have endured this pandemic. We're hopefully coming out of it, but we're struggling because this profession, just like many others, is short on workers, right? I read something that there was a study done in the United States, and it says that 42% of small businesses report that they're struggling to fill job openings and they're working with a diminished team. And that's happening to us in the veterinary field. I feel it in my own practice. We are shorthanded with doctors. We're shorthanded with technicians, even support staff. We don't have enough people working for us. And then what's also happened in the veterinary industry is that the demand has drastically risen. There seems to be so many more clients, so many more pets. There is just so much going on that most of our veterinary hospitals are booked out for months. My surgery days are booked out until July, and it is only the end of April. So isn't that crazy that we have been booked out months ahead, and it's never been this way in the industry that I've worked in for 30 years, And now we have this huge demand. And at the same time, we don't have enough bodies. And so those two things together create this kind of perfect storm of stress and fatigue, right? Because there is so many things that clients want from us that we just don't have the capacity to give. When we don't have enough doctors, when we don't have enough technicians, we're going to run behind We are going to overbook ourselves, and that leads to this big fatigue that we have. And then we have mean clients. Now, I have some stories to tell you, my own personal stories, and then there's a million other ones that you can read on all the Facebook groups. I scroll through Facebook once in a while, and I almost hate to do it because every veterinary group I come across is filled with these terrible, nasty stories of things that clients are doing to our beautiful professionals. And I hate to read about it because I know how damaging it is. We take it very personally because we are people, people. We like to please. We like to help. And so when people are unhappy with us or they're writing negative reviews of us, it affects us in a very profound way. And that contributes to our overwhelm and our burnout and our stress levels. And that's why I'm kind of calling this client fatigue and client exhaustion. So let me give you a couple stories of my own just from the past few weeks, and then we'll talk a little bit about how we could handle these things, how I did handle them, and then maybe what are some tools that we can use to coach ourselves so they don't affect us so much. So the first story I want to tell you is about a client who had been in with their pet And um, she had found a lump on this pet. Now, the lump was not brand new. It had been there for a while. She had waited a while to get this appointment to have the lump checked. But for some reason, all of a sudden, she was super concerned about lumps on her pet. So I saw this dog, and I aspirated the one lump that she was most concerned about. And I also looked back in her record to see if the other lumps on the pet had been checked, and they had. So this one particular lump that she was concerned about was the one. So I aspirated it. I looked at it under the microscope and found out that it was a mast cell tumor. 
And as you know, mast cell tumors can be kind of nasty. So I talked to her about that. I said, look, this thing's small, but it is a mast cell tumor and they can be ugly. And so we do want to get this thing off and we want to get margins. And I explained the whole thing to her. And at the time, she was kind and she was a client that had been coming to our hospital for a long time. She had a reputation of being a little bit demanding, but I had never had any big problems with her. So as I talked to her, she was wanting to get this mass removed as soon as possible. So I let her talk to my front desk, who was really having trouble making a spot for her on the surgery schedule. But then she talked to my manager, and we kind of finally, between the three of us, the receptionist, the manager, and myself, kind of found a spot to squeeze her in. So we got her in within a couple of weeks to have this mass removed. And so I had to reassure her that we could wait a couple of weeks, you know, obviously the sooner the better, but... It had already been there for a while. It wasn't going to change drastically in a couple of weeks. We should be fine. Had the whole conversation with her. So I thought it was a done deal. This dog was going to come in for surgery. We had given her a treatment plan. Everything was cool, right? So fast forward to a couple of weeks later, and she comes in with this dog for the surgery. And what happened from my end was not super well known because I hadn't talked to her yet. But usually what happens in my clinic is my technicians check the pets in in the morning for surgery. So they talk to the client, they go over the treatment plans, they get all the signatures, they tell them what's going to happen, they tell them how many surgeries we have in the day, how long it might take, the whole nine yards, right? And so that's happening and I'm in the hospital and my um, technician comes in with this dog and she tells me that we don't have any papers signed on this dog because the client's giving me a hard time. And I said, well, what do you mean What do you mean she's giving you a hard time? And she said, well, she keeps telling me she doesn't trust the doctors here because we won't let her come in the building. She doesn't trust that we know which mass needs to be removed. She doesn't trust that we're going to do the right thing. She circled the mass on the dog with a Sharpie to make sure that we knew what we were doing. But because she doesn't trust that the doctor will know what to do unless she can actually be in the building, she's not going to sign the papers. And my technician told me that this woman said, I can't trust your doctors at least three times in the conversation. Now, I don't know if that really happened, right? I don't really know. But I do know my technician, and I know that she wouldn't lie to me. And I also know that I don't have signed paperwork for a dog that's supposed to be there getting surgery. And so right away, we have a problem. Because I'm not going to put a dog under with paperwork that isn't signed. And I'm also not going to do surgery on a dog when the client is specifically telling me, me, my technician, that she doesn't trust us. And our COVID policies are our COVID policies. You know, we're still in Michigan and our state is pretty locked down still. And so we're still in that super cautious curbside kind of thing. We only let clients in if it's for a euthanasia or a, a particular pet that really needs to have their client with them. And so this lady really had a problem with that policy. And also, I think. On some level, she was just super, super nervous about her dog having surgery. But because she was so demanding, my technician was upset. 
And then when my technician told me the story, then I was upset because, you know, we had made a specific spot for this particular dog on this particular day. So now I'm kind of jazzed up, right? Now I have to deal with this person. And I'm not going to go into all the detail of what I talked to her about on the phone, but suffice it to say that I had to keep myself in a very calm state of mind and just explain to this woman that saying you don't trust us doesn't help this relationship because now I have your dog going under anesthetic and I don't want that in my head when I'm doing surgery on your dog. And now I have that in my head. So how are we going to remedy this? And at first she was really kind of ugly to me on the phone, but I tried to stay as calm as I could and we worked our way through it and we finally came to an agreement. She wasn't super happy with the way I wanted to handle it. I wasn't super happy with the way she wanted to handle it, but we came to a compromise that I would check all the masses on the dog. We would start from scratch. We would make her up a new treatment plan and we would bump the surgery out for a week so everyone could sort of calm down and get into a better frame of mind so this dog would get the best care because really truly that's the goal right we want these patients well cared for and unfortunately the patients come with the people attached and I say unfortunately because sometimes that's the hardest part of our job is dealing with the clients and the personality and their stress Now, in this particular instance, I think most of the problem came from the fact that this lady really wanted to be in the building. There was something about her being outside that was stressing her out. If I can go to a place of understanding that that's probably where this negative energy is coming from and understand it, then I'm going to be less angry and better able to deal with this client. And that's basically what I did. I still set a big boundary though and I didn't let her get her way. I made sure that she knew what our system was and that I was not going to do surgery on a dog when you don't sign the paperwork. And so now that this has happened, we are going to postpone the surgery. And she wasn't happy about that either, but we went back and forth and we kind of negotiated and we finally came to an agreement that she was going to trust me, we were going to have better communication, She was not going to come in the building with the dog. However, we were going to make sure that full communication and things were going to go the way they needed to go to help her dog. Because at one point, I told her she could go somewhere else, but that's not really what she wanted. She wanted to feel better, and the only way I could make her feel better was to talk to her and win her trust. And that's what I ultimately did. But it wasn't easy. It took, it was probably a 40-minute conversation on the phone, and it took a lot of patience from myself. It took a lot for me to deal with what I was going through. And so when I got off the phone, I was pretty mentally fatigued and not quite exhausted, but quite mentally fatigued. And so this is what clients are doing to us right now. They are somewhat out of control with their own feelings. Because we know that their behaviors come from their thoughts and feelings, right? So if they have uncomfortable feelings about us as their veterinarian or the circumstances that we're in in a pandemic and them not being able to be with their pet, that stress in their brain, those thoughts in their brain, brings out their worst behavior. 
And the first step in dealing with that bad behavior is understanding that point. So the pandemic rules have really caused us some problems because everybody has an opinion on that. No matter what we decide to do, it's not going to please everyone. So if you have a pandemic protocol in your hospital, just be confident in it and stick to it because clients are going to pressure us to change and it's not up to them to run our business, just like it's not up to them to change the prices, just like it's not up to them to tell us how to do our medicine or do our surgeries. It's not up to them. So when you're receiving this pressure, no matter what people are saying to you, that you're stupid, that this is overkill, and all the things that we are all thinking um, in a lot of different ways, you have to be able to stick to your guns. So some other things that have been happening to us to cause this client fatigue, client exhaustion, is the clients that make appointments and don't show or the clients that show up late with no apology, and then they demand immediate service. They do not want to reschedule, and they do not want to wait. I have some clients that make a wellness appointment, which we we schedule for 20 minutes, and then they bring this huge list of multiple ailments that they want addressed, and then they berate the receptionist and the technicians with saying things like, why is this taking so long? I have an appointment. I have to leave. I have to go to the bathroom. I can't wait. All the things that they say because they don't want to wait. They don't want to be patient. And I've even had a client in the last month threaten to put their pet to sleep because we couldn't squeeze them into our schedule. They say things like, well, I guess I'm going to have to euthanize because I don't want to go to an emergency hospital or I guess I'm going to have to euthanize this pet because I can't afford to go to the emergency hospital or nobody can get me in. And so they use this guilt tactic to try to make us feel bad that, oh, it's all your fault that I'm going to have to euthanize my pet. And isn't that dirty pool? Isn't it awful? It's just, it makes me so angry when I hear my receptionist and they're on the other end of the line and people are saying things like this to them because what are they supposed to say to that? They're supposed to say, oh, I don't care. Go euthanize your pet. What are they supposed to say? It's emotional blackmail. Clients are trying to blackmail us into doing what they want us to do. And so no wonder we struggle with stress and compassion fatigue. No wonder it's turning into physical exhaustion. So the last story I want to share with you is, is another angry client. And this one kind of makes me laugh because it it's a little bit humorous be, uh, because of the way it ended. But this was a longtime client. They had been coming up to us for many years, but very, very infrequently. And what I mean by that is they have an older pet and they have the pet on pain medication, but they keep saying he's in hospice and we don't want to do blood work and we don't want to get an exam and and all the things that clients say to get out of doing the minimum database care for their pet when they're on an NSAID or some sort of narcotic medication. So this particular client came in on a day that another doctor in my practice was there and this particular doctor examined the pet and basically didn't think the pet was in hospice. They said, this is just an older pet. There's nothing wrong with him other than he's got arthritis and he needs some pain meds. 
Now, this particular doctor was adamant that she didn't want to put this pet on continued pain meds over and over and over again without some blood work to check for kidney problems, to check for liver problems. And that really is our protocol. And clients are constantly trying to bargain their way out of doing that, right? Because they want to save some money. Well, this pet hadn't had blood work in several years. It had been in for routine exams, but it really did need blood work. And so the doctor that was seeing it that day was really right. She insisted that this pet need blood work. Well, this particular client got so angry, she chewed out the receptionist. She chewed out the doctor on the phone. She told me, she, she told the team, just give me my dog. I'll get the meds somewhere else. And she kind of stormed off. And I don't even think she paid her bill. Now, I could be wrong because I wasn't there that day. But anyway, she had the exam with the doctor, talked to the doctor, but was very rude, very dismissive, and basically took her dog because she didn't want to do the required blood work for ongoing medications for this dog. Then immediately, this client went to a review page for our hospital and wrote a terrible review about us. It, this place is disgusting. I would never take any pet there. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing about the actual encounter, right? There were there were no real facts to the story. It was just how horrible this place was and how awful they had treated her and how awfully they had treated her dog who is in hospice and needs pain meds. Like it was this big sob story. Um, and a negative review, right? A one-star review or whatever, the minimum you can give. And so what I find humorous about this is this person immediately retaliated because she didn't get her way. And that's what clients do. When they're demanding and unreasonable, they immediately take that negativity and go to reviews with us, right? They think that they can somehow hurt us with a negative review. And the only way they can hurt us with a negative review is for us to be hurt by it, to allow those feelings to come into our brain. Because it is within our control to see that all this vitriol that this client was spewing on the review site was just because she didn't get her way. And she's trying to control us by shaming us. And the only way we can be hurt by that negative review is if we allow it to hurt us. So is there a way to keep these angry clients and this high demand and all of the things that we're experiencing right now, is there a way to keep it from hurting us? Is there a way to keep those feelings of being overwhelmed by that emotion that they bring? Is there a way to not be client fatigued or client exhausted? And I think there are some ways. We need to recognize that clients are the only ones that are in control of their behavior. We do not control them. They are full-grown adult humans, and they get to do whatever they want to do. We can't always understand what is happening on the other side, right? They have their own lives. Their behavior is dictated by the feelings that they have in their life, the stress in their homes, the stress that they feel with the pandemic, all those negative feelings that the client is having spill over and create the bad behavior that they directed us. Knowing that their unreasonable behavior comes from a place of pain allows us to start to think about them a little bit differently. 
we can have empathy for them. We can try to be more open to letting their negative feelings flow through us and not into us. Now, some clients are actually bullies. And if you give a bully an inch, they'll usually go right over you, right? If you back up a little bit, they're just going to keep coming at you. So what we need to learn to do is not let the bullies intimidate us. So when you encounter a bully client, pull up your toughness. Pull up that part in you that wants to fight, but don't go into fight mode. What I mean by that is if you can keep from letting them intimidate you and just calmly acknowledge their feelings, ask them to calm down while staying calm and strong yourself and taking control, many times they'll back down because most bullies don't want a real fight. They just want their way. And so if you're strong and you don't let them upset you, Sometimes you can win them over. And this has happened to me so many times in my practice life is I have some really loyal, strong clients that are basically bullies. And the first few times they came in, they would push around the receptionist. They would push around the doctor. They would try to push around me. And I just had to get the gumption to stand up to them and push back. And when I pushed back, then they backed down. Because bullies don't really want to fight. They just want their way. If you're someone that doesn't enjoy conflict, this is going to take some practice. Because bullies are scary. I can get pretty mean, but some of the bully clients really do scare the crap out of me. Like I don't really like to oftentimes go head to head with them. But because I know that bullies will back down if I can stay strong, then I can pull that out of myself. I can get a little bit mean, (laughs) believe it or not. Another thing we can do when we're dealing with these negative clients and the way they're treating us and sometimes the pushiness and the bullying that they do is we really need to coach our own brains to not let them push our buttons. And what I mean by that is when you start to feel stressed by them, question the thoughts that you're having about them. What's the worst thing that can happen? And most of the time, it's they'll go somewhere else, right? And so if they go somewhere else, cool. We've gotten rid of them. That's not the worst thing that can happen. They might leave us a bad review. Oh, okay. Well, most people know that bad reviews are left by unhappy people. Not because the business is bad, but because the person didn't get what they wanted. So we all know that when we read reviews on businesses, If I go to a business site to read their reviews and they have 80 to 90% good reviews and there's some really stinky ones, then I'll read the stinky ones. And most of the time you can tell the people are kind of out there. And so if I read a bad review from an out there person, I'm not going to take it to heart. And most normal people or most people that we want as clients understand this concept. So don't fear the negative review. There's nothing it can do. It's like sticks and stones can break my bones. And maybe that's my old person saying, but it's just name calling, right? They can't hurt us. What's the other worst thing that can happen? They get angry because they have to wait or they don't like your protocols or they don't like the boundaries that you're setting and they decide to go to another veterinary hospital. And I've had this happen to me time and time again, too. I have an altercation or a conflict with a client And I stick to my guns and I tell them, no, we're not going to do it this way. 
If you don't like it, you know, I'd be happy to send your record somewhere else. And I always say it with kindness and love because there's no reason to fight with people. It doesn't get you anywhere. And many, many times they say they're going to go somewhere else. And sometimes they even do. But then a few weeks later or a few months later, here they come back. And that's happened so many times. Just when we think we got rid of a really high maintenance or pain in the butt client, they come back. And so my, my clinic will often say that. The people that work with me will say, "Ugh, Mrs. So-and-so's back. And I'll say, yep, I told you. Couldn't get what she wanted at the other place either, could she? And that's usually what happens, right? The bullies don't get what they want and they end up coming back. Or they go somewhere else and they find out they have to wait twice as long. Or they don't get nearly as good a service as they do with us. And so there's no reason to get upset about their negative energy. And that's where we can coach ourselves. When we start feeling stressed, why am I feeling stressed? Well, because this client is stressed. Well, that's unnecessary. Let them be stressed for them. You be calm and loving to yourself and the pets and don't take on their negative energy. Now, if you're a doctor, you all know that most clients will take out negativity on your receptionist more than they will on the doctor. They're oftentimes really mean to the front staff, and then they're really nice to the doctor, right? So make sure your team knows that you have their back. Make sure they know and give them the power to work out conflict with clients. And also give them the power to tell a client that their behavior is unacceptable. And they either need to have someone else call them back and discuss the issue, or they need to hang up if the client's being verbally abusive. Because if you empower your team to be able to do that in certain circumstances, then they're going to feel better and be less stressed because they know that you have their back. And also convey to your team that you get it. Convey to your team that when you get on the phone, the client's nice to you. And isn't that interesting? Isn't that funny? So allow them to have the power to ask the client if they want to talk to the doctor. Because sometimes the receptionist just saying that, would you like me to have the doctor call you at another time when they have time? Or would you like to speak to the manager? Sometimes the client will back down because they really don't want to have that conversation. They just want to bully your receptionist. So allow the receptionist to say some of these things in order to get out of an uncomfortable situation. And then set up some downtime for your team. Right now in this situation in veterinary medicine, we're so shorthanded, we're so overworked, and the only way to solve that problem is to shorten your hours, shorten your days. So either you're going to stretch out the client times so your appointments are a little bit longer, so you don't have to work quite as fast and hard, or the thing that I prefer is I would prefer to see them all at once and kind of pack them in and double book them, but then schedule more breaks and then also get out of work earlier. So shorten the day at the end so we can see a lot of clients and then go home. The other thing that we did in our hospital is we actually took 30 minutes in the middle of the day and just put the phones on answering machine because we were getting so overwhelmed with phone calls all the time, nobody could stand it. It was one of those things where the phones were constantly ringing, the receptionist never had a break, they couldn't even have 30 minutes to eat. And so we shut down the phones. 
We have an answering machine. People can leave messages. We have emergency clinic numbers on the machine. And so we were able to do that so our team could have a break. So do something like that for your team. Take a walk around the block. Everybody get up. If you, if you have a little bit of downtime, if you have a break at lunch, go for a quick walk with your team. Or just step outside and get some fresh air. Leave your cell phone. Leave your computer. Get away from the screens because screens are stressful. And part of the stress and the fatigue that we feel is because we're constantly on. We're constantly talking. We're constantly having to be this nice person, right? And sometimes that's exhausting. As nice as I like to be and as extroverted as I am, talking to people all day and being nice, quote unquote, is exhausting. So give yourself a few minutes not to be nice. Have lunch for your team. We have a puzzle in our break room that we all contribute to making this puzzle. And it's really fun each day because it gets a little bit done every day and we get to look at it and see how we're doing. Sometimes we play games at staff meetings. Anything you can think of to create some camaraderie and some downtime for your team. That will relieve some of the mental stress and relieve some of that fatigue. And then if you're in a place where there are no emergency clinics or you're the only clinic or possibly you are the emergency clinic, then find other clinics that you can collaborate with. And I really think we miss the boat in veterinary medicine because we're so independent. You know, we think we can do it alone. I really think that if we could take multiple hospitals or even doctors in the same vicinity or the 10-mile radius and do some sharing either sharing hours where one hospital is closed on one day so their team can have a break and our team takes the overflow and then on another day they're open and we have a, a down day, something like that. We share doctors, we share technicians when we're shorthanded. I think that if we collaborated in this profession better, that we could all help each other do better. So when clients bring you negative energy, when clients bring you this distress, these threats that they like to lay on us, all the things that we've talked about, just remember that you can only control your behavior and care for yourself and your team. You can't really solve the client's problem. You can take care of their pet, but you cannot change their stress level and change their thoughts and feelings. If our profession would work together to address this client abuse situation that we're in and care for the mental health of our teams, we would be in a much better place and enjoy our jobs so much more. We are people that love deeply. We love animals. We need to love and care for each other and ourselves because this is really important work that we do. The majority of your clients will love and appreciate your efforts as you care for this team of yours. So don't be afraid to do it. Before we wrap up, I have a quote for you. It's by Parker Palmer, and it says, Self-care is never a selfish act. It is simply good stewardship of the only gift I have, the gift I was put on this earth to offer to others. And you all have a gift. As veterinary professionals, your gift to the world is your care and love for the animals. And unfortunately for us, clients come along with those animals. So we need to learn to deal with them, right? 
So if you're struggling with this concept or any others that I talk about on the podcast, please reach out to me or someone, anyone out there that can help you. You can reach out to me at my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com, or you can email me. It's jacapeldvm at gmail.com. So don't be shy. Reach out for help. Talk to the other people in your practice. Support each other, the practices around you. If, as a community, we do the work, we can get better and do better and get rid of the fatigue that we feel. So take care of yourselves this week, my friends. Don't let those clients get you down. And have a beautiful, productive week. Bye.